Today on From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve, you'll get a customized test just for you. How can you take your prayer life to a whole new level? Three changes that you can make and you can make starting today to really put prayer into practice in your life. God wants that for you. He wants that for me. He wants us to have increased frequency and fervency and power in prayer. There's a paradox when it comes to prayer. It can be so easy to do, yet so difficult to do at the same time. Many people struggle with how to pray, when to pray, and what to pray. They even doubt if God could or would hear their prayers. You're listening to From His Heart with Pastor Jeff Shreve. And today we're going to take the prayer challenge and discover the keys to having prayer that is effective and meaningful communication with God. Prayers that bring real answers to your real problems. Now, this is message number five out of six messages in the inspiring series, The School of Prayer, that we've been in this month. And you can get more information about this series or today's individual lesson called The Prayer Challenge when you go to fromhisheart.org. Right now, open your Bible to the fourth chapter of the book of Philippians. Are you ready to accept the prayer challenge? You'll be blessed for sure. Here's Pastor Jeff to begin. How can you take your prayer life to a whole new level? Three changes that you can make and you can make starting today. Change number one, replace worry with prayer. Most of us are pretty good when it comes to worry. Nobody had to teach us how to do that. We just kind of know how to do that. Replace that with prayer. Look at verse six. Be anxious for nothing. Your Bible might use the word instead of anxious, might use the word worry. The Greek word that is there is uh, marineo. Marineo, which means to be troubled with cares. It, It comes from a root that means to be distracted. That means literally to be pulled in many directions. A worried person, an anxious person, is a person distracted by lots of things, pulled in many directions. The English word worry comes from an Anglo-Saxon word, interesting word, called weirgen, which means to strangle. It's a good picture of worry because what does worry do to your heart, my heart, it starts to strangle us. Worry is like putting sand in machinery. It gums up the works. It, it makes things not flow and not work right. It just stops the operation. God doesn't want us to worry. And the scripture here says, be anxious for nothing, nothing. The word nothing in Greek It's a compound word. It's the word medice. The first part of that word may means no. And the second part dice means thing. No thing. Pretty profound, isn't it? Be anxious for nothing. 
no thing. God is very clear, worry about nothing. So what's the first change that you can make in your life to take your prayer life to a new level? Number one, you can replace worry with prayer. Second change, you can replace pitiful praying with powerful praying. Pitiful praying. Now, let's just be honest. Lots of us, when it comes to prayer, our prayers are just not very good. They're just poor. We don't know what to say, and we, we don't know really how to do it. And so we, we kind of come before the Lord, and it's kind of silent, and, and our mind wanders so quickly, so easily. And it's just like, ah, oh, this is just so hard. I just don't know what to do. And we feel uncomfortable. And if you have to pray in public, goodness, that's really hard. Prayer is talking to God. And so how do you do it? How can you, how can you get away from pitiful praying and poor praying to praying with power? The effectual fervent prayer, the Bible says of a righteous man avails much. How can you get into that, that kind of prayer? Well, remember that the Lord is near. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your forbearing spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. The Lord is at hand, is literally what that says. And not only when it says the Lord is near, that word near not only means nigh and close, and, but it all, and at hand, it also means ready. The Lord is ready. He's ready to come. He's ready to help you. Psalm 46 verse 1 says that God is our refuge and God is our strength, a very present help in trouble. He's abundantly available to help you when you're in trouble. He's present when you're in trouble. So how does that help me when I pray? Because here's the problem that a lot of us have with prayer. Our mind wanders. We get down on our knees or we bow our head. And oftentimes in bed, if you, uh, you know, you close your eyes, you're asleep before you know it. And and you're trying to pray, and your mind tends to wander. How do you keep your mind from wandering? You remember that the Lord is near. You see yourself, as it says in Hebrews, to come boldly before God's throne of grace to receive mercy and to find grace to help in time of need. And you put yourself in your mind's eye, in the Lord's lap, so to speak, on his throne, and you're talking to the God of the universe, and he's looking at you, and he's listening to you. And he has a face of love for you, not of disdain. He's not looking at you saying, talk to the hand. You know, that's the way a lot of us think about God. He gives us the stiff arm. God doesn't do that. And so what do I do? I remember that the Lord is near. That helps me to engage with God. It helps me to see that he is looking at me, that his countenance is on me. That's what the Lord told Moses to command Aaron to bless the people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord uh, be gracious to you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, his smile to be upon you. God wanted the people to be blessed that way because that's the way God is and that's the way God thinks about us. So remember that the Lord is near and recognize that there is a simple way to pray. A simple way to pray and that's the acronym ACTS. A-C-T-S, like the book of Acts. I was introduced to this uh, uh, probably about 20 years ago, and it was very life-changing. 
on how to pray. Because that's one of the difficulties we have. It's like, how do you do this thing? I don't know how to pray. Uh, And many of us, when we come to the Lord in prayer, we're just reading a grocery list of things to the Lord. And Lord, bless Jim and bless Sue and bless Bob and and help uh, grandma and help this person. And we just kind of run through a list of things. Now, that's real easy when you run through a list of things to disengage with that because it's just, it gets dry and it turns into blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, God, he doesn't want to hear blah, blah, blah. God says, hey, put down your paper, talk to me out of your heart. So Acts is a good little acrostic to use to help you when you pray. A, A stands for adoration. Adoration. What do I do when I start to pray? I start my prayer not asking God for things, but praising God for who he is. God inhabits, the Bible says in Psalm 22, he inhabits the praises of his people. So when you pray, very first thing, first crack out of the box, start praising God for who he is. Praise him for his mercy and praise him for his grace. The Bible says in Psalm 50, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And it changes the environment when you praise the Lord. Why? Because God inhabits the praises of his people. You know, one of the things when you read in the Bible, you'll find that in different prayers, something that's done uh, quite often is the prayer will start his prayer off and say, God, you're the maker of heaven and earth. That's important to remember that God is the maker of heaven and earth. And how did he make it? He spoke it into existence. And when you begin your prayer with God, you're the maker of heaven and earth, and you spoke it into existence, that immediately shows God you're believing that God is a God who is powerful and he can work in your life and in your situation. Because any God who can speak worlds into existence, he can handle anything in your life and in mine. So A is adoration. C is confession. Confession. We praise the Lord and then we confess our sins to the Lord. And we get things out from the dark recesses of our heart and we get them under his blood. And we confess those sins to the Lord. And listen, we don't confess them to the Lord generally. We like to do that. We like to sin retail and confess wholesale. And you've heard this, it's often prayed. And God, if we've sinned against you in any way, please forgive us. If I've sinned against you, Lord, in any way, please forgive me. Well, did you sin against God in any way? If you did, you know you did. So be specific about it. You sin specifically, confess specifically, and bring those things to the Lord. God, I lied. God, I lusted. God, I cheated. God, this is my sin. God, I get it out of my heart. I get it under your blood. Psalm 51 is a great psalm to use when you're confessing your sins. It's the psalm of David when David was guilty of adultery and then manslaughter to cover up his adultery. Be gracious to me, O God. 
according to your loving kindness, according to the greatness of your compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me against thee. The only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you're justified when you speak and blameless when you judge, pray that back to God. God loves it when we use his word and pray that back to God. It's a great Psalm of confession of sin. A is adoration. C is confession. T is thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. That's what it says in verse six. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So T is thanksgiving. We thank God for what's going on in life. We thank him for the good things. We thank him for the bad things. We thank him for the struggles in life. Thanksgiving is praise turned inside, it's faith turned inside out. Thanksgiving says, God, I trust you even in the midst of this. I don't understand it, Lord. I don't know why I'm going through this, Lord, but I trust you and I thank you because you're able. Billy Sunday, the great evangelist of yesteryear said the problem with many, uh, many Christians is that they need to take out some groans and shove in some hallelujahs. They need to start thanking God in everything. The scripture says in first Thessalonians five eighteen. in everything, give thanks for this is God's will in Christ Jesus concerning you. We don't like difficulties in life, but God uses difficulties to help us grow. So be thankful that God is using good times, bad times, in between times. He works it all together for good. Adoration, C is confession, T is thanksgiving, and lastly, S is supplication. Supplication means you bring your needs to the Lord. Supplication is your petition, your request. And that comes last. After I've praised God and adored God, after I've confessed my sin to God, after I've thanked God for the good and the bad and all the in-between, now I ask him, Lord, this is what I need. This is what I need. And when you bring your requests before the Lord, as we've shared in this series, bring big requests. You're coming to a clean, large petitions which you bring. For his grace and power as such, no one can ever ask too much. And we say, Lord, here are my needs. Give us this day our daily bread. Lord, this is, this is what I need today. This is what I'm facing today. God, would you empower me? God, would you enable me? God, would you give me wisdom here to see things the way you want me to see them? That's how we bring our requests before the Lord. And you know, the word is so important with prayer because the disciples said, we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. And both those things go together. And when you really grow in your prayer life, it comes out of the word of God. And when you read something, all of a sudden it's like, God says, that's for you. And then you claim that in prayer and you bring God's word before him and say, Lord, I want you to do what you've said. I want you to do that in me. As someone has well said, prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It's getting in on God's willingness. I think a lot of times, you know what God says to our prayers? No. We're praying about something and God says, no, that wouldn't be good for you. It's kind of like the little kid at the dinner table. I don't want uh, my meat. I don't want my vegetables. I just want ice cream. And a good dad says, no, we're not going to just have ice cream. Well, that's what I want. I just want ice cream. No. We're not going to have that. We ask God for things all the time. If God just started doing that, it would hurt us. But God doesn't do that. So God says, no, 
No, that's not good for you. Now, it would be nice and it would be good for us to start asking God things that he wants to do in our lives. Yes, we have needs, and yes, we bring those needs to the Lord, but how often do we pray, God, make me the witness you want me to be? See, the difficulties that are coming in my life and coming in your life, we want God to take them away, and God says, yeah, but I want to use that to be a witness, because when you go through hard times and you still have joy and you still have peace and you have a smile on your face, that's a witness to a lost world that God is alive. Some of you students especially, not too long from now, you're going to go off to college and you're going to be confronted with people saying, hey, you know, they do think God is dead. God's not dead. And the Lord wants to use you to stand up and say, I am a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't care what you say. Uh, He has saved me and you watch my life and you see how the Lord is real in me. In our world today, Christians are going to need to stand up. And the Lord is going to let turmoil and confusion and difficulty come into this world and come into our lives because just as Jesus said, the son of persecution comes up and what does the son do to the seed that's sown on the shallow soil? The son comes up and it burns it out and it shows that those people weren't real. They were only temporary. And so God is going to do a major weed out, I believe, in our world and the true are going to stand for him. Hey, S is for supplication. Praise the Lord. That's a good opportunity to clap. S is for supplication. So that's just a little way that you can use in your brain acts. Okay, I'm going to pray along those lines. And it's not canned stuff. It just helps keep you on track with the Lord. So how do you take it to a new level? You replace worry with prayer. You replace pitiful praying with powerful praying. And change number three, you replace procrastination with action. It's easy to procrastinate. It's easy to say, yeah, okay, I need to do that. I'll do it tomorrow. No, we're not going to keep procrastinating. We're going to do what we need to do, and we're going to start today. We're going to put it in practice today because all you have is today. Tomorrow may never come. And, and the devil, his favorite word is tomorrow. Do it tomorrow, tomorrow. Trust Christ tomorrow. Pray tomorrow. But tomorrow never comes. All you have and all I have is today. So replace procrastination with action. And we want you to take the 752 prayer challenge. This is what we want to challenge you to do. We want to challenge you to pray seven days a week for your family. Seven days a week for your family. The devil is attacking family. He's attacking home because he knows if he destroys home, he has destroyed so much. You destroy the home, you destroy the marriage, you destroy the family, you destroy the family, you destroy communities, you destroy communities, you destroy cities, you destroy cities, you destroy states, you destroy states, you destroy nations, you destroy all of culture and society, and it starts at home. The the most important place in the world is the home. That's what God established was the home before he established anything else. He established marriage, one man, one woman for life, and then children, and that is God's establishment and God's major main institution. And the devil knows that. So the devil attacks that. And one of the ways to combat the devil is you pray for the family and you pray with the family. Seven 
pray seven days a week for the family. Five, you pray five days a week with the family, with the family, around the dinner table, around the breakfast table, in drive time, at mealtime. You pray together. And this is a lot on the man to lead that, to be the leader that God's called him to be. If you're a single parent, to be the leader. You may your mom raising kids by yourself, that you're the leader in that. And two is you pray two days a week with your spouse, with your spouse. If you don't have a spouse, but you want a spouse, take two days a week to pray for a spouse. That would be good, right? <laughs> if you say, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm past that. I, I'm single and I'm 80 something years old and well, pray for your kids' spouses. Pray, pray for uh, grandkids' spouses or great-grandkids' spouses. But take two times to pray for a spouse there. You know what the sad truth is? Most Christian men, most Christian pastors never pray with their wives. Never pray with them. We wonder why we have so much trouble at home. We're not praying. It can be awkward and it's hard, but it's needed. Is so needed. And you know what the Lord says? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And if you will do that, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. He goes on to say in verse nine, the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, do them. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. God wants to do something great in your life and in my life, and it begins with prayer. What a practical lesson for us today on taking our prayer life to a whole new level. There's so much more food for thought and food for more prayer in this message called The Prayer Challenge. The lesson was edited significantly for time today, but is one of six in Pastor Jeff Shreve's series, The School of Prayer, where he's teaching the fundamental and essential truths about prayer that all of us should know and live. Now, this month, we want to remind you that we're able to be here each day because of the faithful prayers and support of our listeners like you. People who listen are blessed by the outreach of Pastor Jeff Shreve and want to contribute to helping us sustain and grow this outreach so that others can also benefit from God's teaching through From His Heart. What a blessing you are when you join with us in prayer, and even financially if you can. Pastor Jeff receives no income from this ministry and hasn't for the 18 years that we've existed. Your support goes directly to allow us to produce and distribute these lessons here and around the world each day, changing lives and turning hearts toward Christ. With your gift of any amount this month, we would like to say thank you by sending you two resources. The first is the seven-message series, Shine, How to Live the Christian Life in an Unchristian World. And the second is an inspiring booklet from Pastor Jeff entitled, In the Face of Discouragement. Both our thanks for your gift of any amount today. The series is available on CDs, DVDs, a USB flash drive, or a digital download. Your choice. To get yours, make your gift when you call 866-40-BIBLE, 866-40-BIBLE, or go online to fromhisheart.org. And know that we are deeply thankful and pray God continues to bless your life as you share His name with the world. 
Well, I'm Larry Nobles. Thank you for being here today and for listening to the message, The Prayer Challenge. And we trust that you'll join us tomorrow for the final lesson in the series, The School of Prayer, as Pastor Jeff closes out in a profound way with truth that will encourage you to lean into and then trust the power of prayer with a message entitled, When the Praying Gets Tough. Join us then when Pastor Jeff Shreve will again open up God's Word and share real truth, real love, and real hope from God's heart, here on From His Heart. From His Heart is the listener-supported broadcast ministry of Dr. Jeff Shreve, speaking the truth in love to a lost and a hurting world. Remember, no matter what, God loves you, and He has a wonderful plan for your life. Find out more at fromhisheart.org.